0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind
1: using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
2: You're listening to Slice of Cheese with Jenny Linford on Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers, available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado,
0: Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.
3: Hello, welcome to A Slice of Cheese, the Food FM radio series that celebrates the world of cheese. I'm Jenny Linford, a food writer and cheese enthusiast, the author of Great British Cheeses, Cheese is a delicious and fascinating food, and we're setting out to explore this remarkable food and share the stories of the people who make, sell and love it. This week, A Slice of Cheese looks at cheese competitions. We speak to competition organisers John Farrand of the World Cheese Awards, Matthew O'Callaghan of the Artisan Cheese Awards, and Tracy Colley of the Affiner of the Year competition. We also talk to cheese judge, maker and winner David Gremmels of Rogue Creamery and cheesemaker and winner Catherine Mead of Liner Dairy.
0: Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of
2: Peter's Yard sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon, Petersyard.com and specialist food retailers.
3: This week on A Slice of Cheese, we're looking at competitions in the world of cheese. So I've got the perfect person with me this morning, John Farron of the Guild of Fine Food, organiser of the World Cheese Awards. Good morning, John. Good morning, Jenny. World Cheese Awards. That's such a huge thought, in a way. How? Tell me how that how you started sort of organising something like this. How did it come about?
1: 1988. Uh, the landscape for small uh, artisan, regional, local, call them what you will, cheesemakers was not not jolly. Um, And it wasn't jolly for the retailers that sold those sort of products. If you remember at the time, during the sort of late 70s and 80s, the supermarkets who were selling most of our food and drink were were literally piling it high, selling it cheap. I know that became a phrase. Um, And uh, certainly to a point, dumbing down food, uh, and cheese and we felt that something needed to be done to shine a light onto onto those artisans the small cheese makers those who didn't couldn't make a noise couldn't supply the supermarkets but still made cheese in a traditional uh, way with better ingredients incorporating seasonality accepting terroir all those things that we we actually now more of us appreciate in, in, in not just cheese, but all our food and drink. Mm. And the World Cheese Walls really was established to 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 make more of that. Um, and what we wanted to do was also genuinely bring together cheeses from across the globe, um, initially to the UK, but then latterly, we, we've, we've taken the World Cheese Walls on the road throughout Europe. Um, just because of shared values, shared opinions, um, getting makers together, getting the buyers of cheese together from from mostly the independent retail sector, and and it's now become a really good place every year for the cheese industry to to, to get together.
3: That's a really interesting point. That actually, of course, that chance to try cheeses or meet makers that you don't know, you know, and be exposed in a way to this rich, you know, huge, diverse world. I'm just sort of I'm thinking about the logistics must be so formidable john what i'm guess, yeah tell me about that how does it work
1: yeah and and uh, every year we 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 add and refine our logistical challenge i mean we we it sounds wonderfully romantic the world cheese awards and and everyone when i mentioned to them that that's what we're involved in as well as great taste awards is their eyes light up their ears prick up it sounds like the, the sort of dream job But actually, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head, Jenny. It's a job of logistics. Essentially, what we are doing is bringing together 4,000 cheeses and (laughs) 260 judges from across the world into one enormous room, (laughs) uh, cheese arena. And then we are judging those cheeses in one day, going from 4,000 to, in the end, one world champion cheese. We have 14, I think it's 14 consolidation points around the world so that we try and make it easier for the little cheesemakers to deliver their cheese to sort of logical geographical locations. We have one in Australia, one in Canada, one in the USA, several throughout Europe, uh, one in South Africa. And every year we seem to be adding another consolidation point. We've got now got one in the Ukraine, um, one in Japan. Mm. So as, as the world sort of becomes curiously, become smaller in terms of cheese terms. We're bringing in cheese from more and more locations. Um, South America, again, another um, logistics hub there this year. So it's it's a big job. It's laden with paperwork. <laughs> it's laden with bureaucracy. <laughs> I
3: mean, I was actually thinking, because I judge at competitions, and of course you've got the whole if it's a fresh, perishable cheese, that's it. So, you know, there's the care of the cheese samples that you're being sent. That just that's another whole vexed area, I'm guessing, or tricky area, I, guess I should say.
1: True. Um, and not just tricky for us as organisers to make sure that the whole, to use an industry term, chill chain is, is, is fine. <laughs> um, we have to monitor it, all the cheese on its journey from as far afield as New Zealand um, and make sure that it's all kept at the correct temperature in the correct way all the way through to, in, this, in the case of this year, to, to northern Spain. Um, but to, to be honest with you, I sort of admire the skill of the cheese maker as well, because part of submitting or staging your cheese in in these competitions is to ensure that it's um, to borrow a phrase from the French is a point. So it's it's absolutely mm. on the money uh, mm-hmm. to be when it's judged, and you have to factor that in to your. Uh, submission i guess because a lot of these cheese makers are sending their cheese probably 10 days to two weeks before oh, wow. it's going okay. to be judged um wow. in, in the furthest point and not everywhere obviously so that's a bit of a skill too jenny that they it's yes. kind of got to sort of almost land it on 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 the third of uh, of november as they want it to be for the judges and that that's quite a skill too
3: yeah, very impressive. I mean, fascinating. What tell me about some of the you know some of the winners? Um, what? Yes, I'd love to hear some of the stories. You must, have, you know, over all these years, there must have been some great, great stories of of perhaps unexpected champions.
1: But yeah, I mean, there's several. I mean, we we quickly and broadly speaking, our judges find um, they have a table of, of forty to forty-five cheeses. Uh, they assess them all. It's important to note that we we judge each cheese on its merit. So unlike some other awards, we don't ask them to find one gold, one silver, one bronze. And uh-huh. they will have a mixture, mixture of cheeses. They won't have one enormous class of, of one type of cheese. We we don't like comparison. So, right. But what we do do is, is ask them to judge each cheese on their own merits. So in other words, on their table, they might have four golds or no golds. Um, mm. and, and, and that's important because... I judge at some other awards where I'm asked to find a gold in, 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 from, from three or four cheeses where myself and my fellow judges, we actually don't think anything is is good enough to warrant that. yeah um, So we take the approach that you can have as many gold and silver and bronzes as, as the cheese warrants or, or none at all if you've got a bad run. But to answer your question, have so we, we have gold, silver, bronze. We then ask them to find the best cheese out of their 45, which is a super gold. That then goes on into the afternoon session, assessed by another panel. And, and we wind our way through through finding various country winners um, to eventually finding a, a world champion cheese. And yes, we have had some interesting winners in the past. I mean, something that immediately springs to mind and, and something that for me as an organiser is, is very rewarding is um, we were up at BBC Good Food show in, in, in Birmingham uh, and I can't remember the year, but it was um probably sort of late late 90s and that that sort of journey going through thousands of cheeses right the way down whittling to to however many was 60 super golds down to uh 16 um for the final panel and then one winner and and we did this live in front of an audience at bbc good food Mm. show and the winning cheese was cornish blue um um and philip stansfield who who is cornish blue was was unbeknown to us in the audience at bbc good food show watching his <laughs> chief uh, as it got more and more points on the leaderboard or went up the leaderboard um to be the eventual world champion and and he he someone spotted him in the audience and as we announced it he burst into tears really oh. um and, and that 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 was great because to see the cheesemaker there and to see the process for them to see the process it's gone through um to become world champion it, it is quite something uh other other i mean it's it's always fun when you get something a little obscure something that wasn't a world champion but something that certainly got a gold i remember was an Australian cheese where the rind had been covered with, a, with a, edible ants. Um, and that,
3: um, <laughs> Sounding very rennie yeah. recipe there, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: It sounds curious and, and possibly not to everyone's taste, but it looked beautiful. A few thousands of, of, mm. of edible ants on the rind Strawberry. incorporating the cheese and it looked like a work of art And and, and clearly to to get a gold, it it it, it 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 tasted good too because that's our criteria. They they they, they it must obviously go through sort of texture, taste, flavour, um, rather than not necessarily appearance is important, but it's not one of the yeah. great great sort of uh, the higher criteria, scoring sure. criteria. Yeah, um, so that was that was hugely interesting. We've had cheeses from South Africa that have almost like cave paintings on on the on the rind wow. where with uh, again a, a, an ink of some sort which is clearly not harmful probably probably from berry i would think um they've, mm. they've sort of painted um um something that evokes the terroir of the cheese and the the animal that was amazing the milk i mean stunning All you know, sort of works yeah. of art as well as being wonderful works of art in a food way also in, in, in an art artistic way so they're probably some of my 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 highlights oh, favorites
3: what was wasn't there a bit of an upset when an we did a programme recently on American cheese and wasn't there a sort of shock moment in a way when an American cheese recently was in 2019 one? absolutely
1: right yeah But we were in Bergamo so near Milan Italy and again we whittled it down to, to, to 16 uh, and our judges on our final panel who uh, are, are are the great and the good of, of of the world of cheese so we've got an esteemed um, selection or range of palettes from 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 every continent mm-hmm. on that final panel. It's people who really know what they're doing, um, and they they judge away and they hold up their scorecards a little bit like Strictly Come Dancing. And we have a <laughs> sort of spreadsheet. I'm on the on on the sidelines plugging in numbers to spreadsheets with someone checking my numbers. We have then got mm. a leaderboard that comes up on the big screen, and and we had these sixteen cheeses, and it was clear. Um, that we had two cheeses. Uh, well, one cheese was scoring very, very highly. And um, that was, as it turned, well, it was pr- fairly obvious because it's so distinct. It was a Parmigiano-Reggiano, obviously from Italy. Mm-hmm. And then the final cheese that was assessed by the panel was a, a blue cheese um, with a rind of um, syrah uh, leaves from, from vines mm. um was wrapped in it. And extraordinary cheese and and that um score was scoring really highly and we, we had a, a, a complete and utter tiebreaker you know these the parmigiano wow. reggiano and blue cheese got exactly the same points which is quite something across 16 people scoring out of seven mm. uh Amazing. each of them and we had to go to a, a sort of dead heat it was tasted again and and the american cheese won um <sighs> now Without, without sort of drawing nasty stereotypes, uh, national national stereotypes, the Italians were quite cross about this because their Parmigiano Reggiano had lost to an American cheese. In Italy, um, mm. there was this other aspect which I hadn't realised at the time. Um, Donald Trump had been slapping great big um, import tariffs ah. from, from from food and drink in Italy, so the Americans mm-hmm. were not not flavor of the month and and so to be hit by this american blue cheese called which as we found out was rogue river blue um uh made by david gremmels um from oregon in in the us um was was just too much and and there was a lot of heated discussion should we say (laughs) um debate um but i have to tell you that for for us and for the profile of, of that winner and the world choose generally, it was incredibly helpful because that controversy caused so, <laughs> so many column inches and so many um, sort of so much activity on social media. It was it was it was hugely interesting.
3: Yes, that's uh, so, so, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Emotions run high. I mean, so John, you know, I, I loved what you said at the beginning about what the reason the awards were set up was to sort of shine this light on the quality of of you know well-made cheese and so you know thinking back do you think have you have you succeed do you see do you get feedback from the cheesemakers saying you know winning a prize I see my sales jump or or do you get a sense that you know the even more intangible benefits tell tell me about that
1: yeah I think um I think first and foremost in the in the world of cheese specifically I think interestingly I think it might be slightly different in in the world uh, the sort of great taste awards which is has a broader entry i think in cheese there's more there's perhaps more pride about their product so actually when they do win an award that they see that as an an amazing it's a huge philip for them for a start but also i mm. think it's an enormous pat on the back for for the team that produce that cheese for the animals that produce the milk yeah. for the folk who look after the animals for the whole the whole sort of line if you like of of Involved in, in cheese production, I think they actually like that approval themselves. It's a, I'm doing a great job. I'm making a wonderful yeah. thing. I think second to that, and you allude to it, there is there is a, a commercial benefit to to not just our awards, but but any um, any awards with integrity. There is a sort of commercial benefit to having that award on your product and we all see labels on on food and drink and we're all drawn to it and that's a separate discussion on on the Mm. the various integrity and whether that's important or not or are they devalued or whatever Um, but um, I I believe that yes it it helps the the smaller people um, say look this, this this is a wonderful cheese and, and I think that helps sales and we mustn't be embarrassed to talk about that it's when you're out there for 72 hours in in, in, a, in a beautiful city in Europe and you're judging cheese and you're meeting your friends from across the world It it, it is romantic and it is lovely but I think we owe it we are, well, we need to be honest and say that people need to sell the cheese they make especially yes. in the last sort of 18 months when sure. artisan cheese making has has, has hit an hit a new low um, with the pandemic and with Brexit, um, that actually we should be be, be celebrating the sort of commercial benefits to to the World Cheese Awards.
3: Well, in a way, it's lovely that it's got both, isn't it? I mean, I can imagine that the, you know, I can imagine how much it means to a cheesemaker, you you know, they work so hard. And then to get the praise, you know, from knowledgeable judges, from people who know and love cheese, that must be a wonderful feeling. And then, and of course, then if it helps, you know, publicise your promote it, reach new audience. That's win-win, isn't it? So, yeah, brilliant. Oh, John, well, thank you so much for taking time out of all your logistical paperwork to join us. That was <laughs> it was lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, John.
1: Not a problem, Jenny. Thanks for having me.
3: Take care. Bye bye.
0: Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. Savor the crunch of Peter's Yard sourdough crackers.
2: Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado. Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers.
3: This week on A Slice of Cheese, we're looking at competitions in the world of cheese. I'm very happy to have with me today, Matthew Callahan, the organizer of the Artisan Cheese Awards. Good morning, Matthew. Oh, good morning. Very nice to have you on the show. So tell me about the Artisan Cheese Awards. Are these, I get the impression they're a relatively recent competition. Am, am I wrong or right about that?
4: No, you're right about that. It's one of the newer awards that have been going. Um, really, it sort of uh, stemmed out of the artisan cheese fair, which we hold annually mm. in Melton Mowbray. And looking at uh, all the awards, we felt that there wasn't really awards specifically targeted at artisan cheesemakers, especially the sort of small and micro cheesemaker. And that's really where the sort of concept of the artisan cheese awards came. So it's open to cheesemakers uh, from the UK and Ireland, and it's only for those below a certain level of
3: that's very interesting yes i mean and of course there's that vexed issue you know what does the word artisan mean when you start trying to you know define it so you've gone for scale of production then
4: and that's really the only way that we could have done it otherwise it becomes very very subjective as to what is as you say is artisan or not so effectively we've said well okay below a certain size we'll call it artisan i don't think that would work in france and other places because of uh, the the nature of the uh, cheese industry there but here it seems to work quite well
3: Brilliant. And I imagine, you know, much welcomed by small cheesemakers. So when, what year did you set up these awards then?
4: Been going about eight years now and uh, really sort of got um, the awards uh, the off the ground about six years ago and uh, been going since then. Although obviously, sadly, last year we weren't able to uh, to hold them because of the pandemic.
3: Yeah, that's um, exactly. So much was sort of blighted, really, wasn't it? And I imagine that this, you know, as I, I'm sure the cheesemakers appreciate this, ha- have you seen the sort of you know, entries grow over the years you've been running?
4: Very much so, we have. And now this year we had almost 600 entries. We have them from the UK and from Ireland, and we do make a special effort to get the Irish involved. My family mm. are from Ireland as well, so there's a sort of, uh, sort of emotional link there. But for the Irish, for example, uh, we complete all the forms for them so that they ha- all they have to do is check off the form and uh, email back saying any changes. We have a bank account in Ireland so they can pay in euros. And the other thing that we do is we actually ship them across at our expense. So all they need to do is wow. to get them to, to Sheridan's. And uh, from there, then we do all the paperwork and ship and pay for the shipping across, which meant really this year we had, I think it was 155 uh, entries from uh, 31 Irish cheesemakers, which is very significant.
3: That's what, actually funny enough. I've just been interviewing Irish cheesemakers for an episode on this programme. So um, including people like Dan Hegarty and there's some, you know, there's some wonderful Irish cheesemakers there. So it's brilliant that you're getting such an you know, such lengths to include them is wonderful. I'm sure they appreciate that too. So it sounds, I'm guessing there must be a sort of lovely vibe. Tell me about the judging. So who do you get to judge? Is that sort of people who work in the, Yeah, is it cheesemongers, people who know a lot about cheese?
4: Yes, it's a mixture of cheese. I mean, the awards are really to sort of help the cheesemakers sell cheese. That's what it's about. Mm. And so obviously there are people in the cheese world, so retailers, so we had the head of Marks and Spencers, Um, we had um, kind of test buying for Tesco. So people like that find cheese companies who sponsor the um, Supreme Champion. So a number of uh, retailers, but also we also have um, amateurs, uh, cheese lovers, because really, it, you know, you can get a, a professional saying, well, you know, the Rhine development, etc cetera, et cetera, but it's for the consumer to say, oh, I love that cheese and I'd buy it. and And really, you know, it's partly to say to uh, consumers, because we do a map of cheesemakers as well. And uh, it's really for the uh, uh, for the consumer to say, that's a really cracking cheese. I- I'd buy that again.
3: Mm. I can, Im- yes, that sounds wonderful. I mean, really, actually a really interesting point, you know, that what competition can do is, cast a light on, you know, on quality, I suppose. I mean, that's the, you know, the, the aim, I suppose. And so has it had a, do, do you find you get a good reception among, you know, the audience who come to your artist and she's a fair, are they really interested in the results of the competition?
4: Oh, very much so. We, um, unlike other awards who give out just certificates, we also give out uh, rosettes and significantly, we give out uh, sort of silver cups, not real silver, but you know fairly substantial size cups and so when someone sees a cup on a stand they're immediately drawn to it and say well what's that for well we we won uh, best class for raw cheese in the arts and cheese wars and that really does uh, impress impress people
3: wonderful and are you i'm guessing you must be are you a cheese lover yourself matthew doing all this work
4: oh i love cheese I, you know I, in fact to be honest part of the uh, the the Motivation for the cheese fair was the the thing I was having to travel all over the country to go to cheese fairs and taste cheese. And I remember one bank holiday having to travel all the way to Tavistock for their show, and another time going to um, to Cardiff. So I thought, well, if I have my own cheese fair, I can bring them to to us. And in fact, we have um, of all the cheese dedicated cheese fairs, we have the largest number of cheesemakers. Um, and Normally, the Irish a dozen Irish cheesemakers would come across. Sadly, this uh, this year it wasn't oh, possible. Oh yes, yeah. Just talking of the Irish cheesemakers, I mean, there was a big surprise this year in that um, runner-up in the um, to the supreme champion. There was people. There was a couple of runners-up, uh, Montgomery cheese, but also Galway cheese. And he's a small um, goats uh, goat cheesemaker in um, in the west of Ireland who's now gone into cattle as well. And he cleaned up with two or three um, classes and an outstanding performance from that small cheesemaker. So I suspect people will be knocking on his door and saying, you know, what's the secret?
3: Yeah, brilliant. Isn't that fantastic? I mean, that must be really sort of fun. I mean, it must be a lot of work, Matthew, but I suppose it's also very rewarding. And I was thinking, you know, given... This terrible time it's been for artisan cheesemakers with the pandemic and the lockdowns and the closure of hospitality, there must have been a real special warmth to people being able to gather again together in one place and see each other because it's a very sort of social world as well, the world of of cheese producers, isn't it?
4: Oh, it is, and, and also all those that work in cheese. So, for example, at the um, at the awards judging, a number of um, retailers and uh, cheesemongers had not met for some time, or you know, and so it it was good for them to sort of come and meet. But also at the awards supper, because we hold a candlelit supper on the Saturday following the awards in St Mary's Church. And it was lovely to see the cheesemakers meet each other, for the, some of them, for the first time in a couple of years. And you're right, oh. there is that warmth, there is that camaraderie. And they were, during the cheese fair, going to each other's stands, chatting, etc. So, mm. yeah, it, it, it's nice to be part of that and to be able
3: to provide that network. That's a wonderful sort of celebration, isn't it? Which is great. Interestingly,
4: um, when we held one of our first uh, ever cheese awards, um. He scooped a Supreme Champion and a number of the trophies, and he'd only been making cheese in his own name for less than a year. So I could say that we sort of discovered him, and uh, <laughs> he's now come back with with, with full force and uh, won Supreme Champion, uh, best English cheese, um, you know, a number of classes that he's won. So, yes, he, he went home sort of with, uh, you know, I said, are you going to have a, a trailer to carry your silverware home?
3: <laughs> there was a wonderful photo of him sort of covered in rosettes you could be you know, holding holding was holding all his cups and all these it was just like wow where, where's the man i can't see him so that must be That's very nice. very rewarding and some of, it's rather it's a lovely it story is. as well isn't it because some of those cheeses were also cheese he created in the pandemic he was really hit because he supplied restaurants and and they closed and he was you know left making coming up with cheeses with a longer shelf life i mean the cheesemakers you know of britain and Ireland have been really, you know, hats off to them because they've just been very inventive in a way in, you know, facing disaster and sort of caping with it and coming up with strategies. It's impressive.
4: Oh, very much so. I mean, there's a cheese maker, um, in the west of Ireland, Galway, um, Calmore cheese, farmhouse cheese. And she was saying, you know, she's got so many rounds of cheese, uh, that weren't selling, you know, she was desperate, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, normally it would be, um, you know, she'd sell them after a year. And now it was 18 months and, and climbing. So I mm-hmm. suggested, why don't you call it, why don't you call it vintage? And the next time I looked on the website, she sold out.
3: Brilliant. That's very good advice. You sound, I mean, what sounds great, Matthews, you sound very so engaged with what you're doing. Um, that must, so it must be very rewarding. So this idea for the cheese fair, your own very clever idea to get cheeses to where you live and then the competition. So you—you know, you, you're, you're really loving it in a way I get the impression.
4: Very much so. I mean, I, you know, when I go over to Ireland or in the UK, I, I, there's nothing I like better than to, um, to pop into a cheesemaker. And it's surprising how welcoming they are. And You know, they say blessed are the cheesemakers. Indeed, they
3: are blessed. Beautifully put. Thank you, Matthew, for coming on the show. That was lovely to hear your story. Take care then. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peter's Yard
2: sourdough crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon, Petersyard.com and specialist food retailers.
3: This week on A Slice of Cheese, we're looking at cheese competitions. You know, that area of rivalry and excellence. Um, So very happy to have with me today, Tracy Colley of the Academy of Cheese. Good morning, Tracy. Morning, Jenny. You have launched, you together with Mary with Quicks Cheddar, and Mary Quick have launched a fascinating sounding competition for the first time ever called Affiner of the Year. So tell us, what is this? What's it about? Okay, so um, Mary is a
5: world-renowned cheddar maker. And uh, her cheddar wheels are 27 kilos. And we put the challenge out there to cheesemongers and cheesemakers in the UK to um join in an exciting competition to take custodianship <laughs> of her of her babies of her cheddar charcoals, and um look after them for nine months in their stores or in their um maturing rooms or their cellars. it's different for for every competitor and um And then we're recording the results as we go along and um, at the end of the competition we will look at all the different cheeses and um, judge which ones have uh, been successful
3: or not. Fascinating. I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, that term, affineux of the year. So affineur is a French term, which I think you can sort of hear. And and we don't have the equivalent very word much. in English. We, we use sort of cheese maturing as a way of describing it. And this is very much a hidden. That's why I say it in your competition, because, you know, a lot by its nature, cheese maturing is done behind scenes and is sort of invisible work that's put in, often by, by good cheesemongers. You know, it's a big bit of what they do. Um, and it will really shapes the cheese, doesn't it? So you're sort of putting this aspect of cheese in the spotlight, basically.
5: It is. And we just want to, um, as everything with the Academy, we're just trying to um, educate consumers people in the trade people who don't know much about the subject we're just trying to get them to understand that this is a really important part of the process of bringing fantastic cheeses to the table to the plate um and yeah i think it's it, it, it's really really interesting because we've got a mixture of makers so cheese makers that already make other cheeses that are going to take them in the that have taken the cheddar truckle or truckles into their stores and then we've also got affineurs so um in, they're all in the uk as you said the majority of affineurs um are in france i mean that's just something that they do um they have cheese makers and then they will go away to affineurs who will um create these um, amazing different flavors and um, exciting cheeses it's much more familiar to be honest that it's softer cheeses um that yeah. you would associate affinage with um so so sort of very delicate rinds and blooms and molds um and coaxing them to this perfect ripeness so um this is kind of taking it to another level but having looked at what we're getting through so far after such a, you know, they've only been in uh, three months, I think is his we're coming up to. Some right. of the molds and the patterns that are growing on these outside of these cheeses is fascinating. I mean, we're collating all this information on our website. So on 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 the Academy website, and there's an affineur of the Year Um, Pages and we're creating blogs for each of the the competitors, so people can log in and go and see photos of these amazing. different molds and patterns it's you you know i'm textiles background aren't i jenny so i'm like yes oh my god you could do a fantastic <laughs> dress print out
3: of this <laughs> that sounds very so this is why you set it up tracy yes that was it yeah. inspiration for patterns that's and so the yeah. cheeses were they were three months Truckles when they went into this process, then is that right? They, yeah, so they're so young, young, basically. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yes. Very young. Um, they have been. They were selected all from the same vat, so mm. these cheeses have come all. So it's fair and fair and equal as they go forward. Um, yeah. Mary had graded the um, obviously other ch- cheddars from that um, truckles from that vat. And she degraded those and saw these as potential to go forward for a really good twelve month cheddar, if they mm. were sitting in her stores. So oh, um, yeah, exciting. I mean, some of the things yeah. uh, that the the competitors are doing with them are brilliant. I'm allowed to tell you. Some of them are keeping it a little bit under their hats, but some <laughs> yeah. are are, are oh, well, really good.
3: So what sort of things are they doing then? Yeah.
5: Well, what I think. Um, tim uh jones at lincolnshire poacher so he you know lincolnshire poacher really yes well. i do wonderful and, yes. um, um, yeah so basically he's taken two truckles and how he matures his hard cheeses is um he actually uh plastic coats the the rinds so instead of it's it's uh instead of vac packing or or cloth bounding the cheese they have this it's almost like an a, a food safe uh pva mm. and he coats the cheeses in that and it allows them to breathe but it also um keeps them uh it, it it's a it's almost a more safer way of of maturing the cheese um, or less volatile, shall I say, than cloth binding the cheese. Mm-hmm. So he has um, done one of each. So he's stripped the traditional cloth off the quick truckles he's received. He's left one, sorry, cloth bound and he's plastic coated
3: the other. Ah, so that's interesting. That's going to be interesting. That be interesting. I'm guessing that makes a difference to the texture as well, isn't it? In terms of if it's moisture loss, you know, if one loses more moisture than the other, maybe the cloth band will. I mean, I would instinctively think that, but that's pretty wrong. So
5: yes. Yeah, we'll no, out, I think we? that's all part of it. Part part of it. Um, and then one of the other, it kind of exciting ones is Brindisa, who mm-hmm. I know you're a big fan of Brindisa, um, the Spanish uh, importers and restaurateurs, and. Um, they've decided to give the quicks truckle the uh, same treatment as a Mahon um, cheese. Mm. One, so they are coating, they've stripped off the cloth the, from the cloth-bound cheddar, and yeah. they've coating it in the pimenton, um, so the like the papi- paprika, and olive yes. oil. and, oh. and uh, interesting. It, so it's like this fluorescent orange. That's amazing! Now. Yes, yeah, fantastic! <laughs> yeah, gosh. How so, and then we've got a whole uh, Neil's Yard Dairy. They've got a whole team of fifteen people looking after their one cheese because they're using it as a project to teach some of their um, to learn more about affinage with some of their younger um, right. people in the team in the maturing rooms. And, yeah. Um, i think you know they 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 they're putting it out there and and going for it it's all about the temperature as well that the cheese is held at and um, humidity so lots of them are playing with that
3: yes how interesting so then there will be season results what i love about this is a very slow burning competition because yes will yes. be it's february <laughs> the results are feb we're talking august 21 and the results will be out in February 2022. So, so really, yes. it's, it's it's time. I mean, the same so thing, isn't it? It's this that absolute thing of maturing. Take meaningful maturing takes time, and you are giving absolutely yeah. you have given time to this whole process. So, wonderful. Well, and then yeah. they'll be tasted and, and judged. I, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be very exciting.
5: So, what are we what what we want to do? is we want to keep in the spirit of the competition that we're wanting to educate. And tell lots and lots of people about Affinage, and these amazing cheddars and the journeys that they've taken, and the, where they've got to. So we're planning to have a. Uh, um, it'll be a London venue to, to be secured as yet. Um, Just looking at numbers and we hadn't fixed anything because of the COVID, you know, pandemic situation at the time when we set this up. But basically, Jenny, it'll be an opportunity for people um, to join the event. Um, We will do a flight. We will do a flight of the 10 cheeses um, for people to taste um uh, they will be judged live we're hoping that we'll be able to do it as an audience in person but also be able to stream it live to the world and they'll be judged live um, by experts within the industry ec- expert affineurs. um and then we will um, have the opportunity for consumers and guests press
3: to taste these fly to these 10 cheeses it's gonna be so exciting that is exciting, brilliant. Well, it's a great. idea. I know. Thank really <laughs> you. Yes, I think it's a very, very clever, I love it. I love the whole. Th- I bet Mary's really excited to see what happens to her to her cheeses as well, isn't she? So.
5: Oh, she is absolutely off the wall. She's just like <laughs> wow, 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 because obviously yeah. um, they have many different uh, stages for their cheese. I mean, they mature quick cheddars up to 24 months for their vintage. Um, so she's used to this waiting game, but mm. I think she's so excited by all the different um, approaches that the competitors are taking.
3: Yeah. It's brilliant. Wonderful. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thanks for coming and sharing that. That was a lovely insight. So, yeah, great to talk to you again. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Jenny. I'm a huge fan of Peters Yard's crackers, and they go beautifully with cheese. All Peters Yard's crackers are made in small batches using quality natural ingredients. And their sourdough starter, slowly fermented for 16 hours for award winning flavour and crunch. Visit petersyard.com forward slash shop. Enter the code SLICEOFCHEESE at the checkout to receive 25% off your first order.
0: Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Savour the crunch of Peters Yard sourdough
2: crackers. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers.
3: Before we go on exploring the world of cheese, here's news of another Food FM programme that I think you'd really enjoy.
2: Thank you, Jenny. Well, I'm David, the host of The Drinking Hour here on Food FM. Each week, we explore the wonderful world of wine, spirits, and beer. All things that make wonderful pairings with cheese, of course. We hear from those for whom making drinks is a passion. So, after your cheese course, how about you join me for a few drinks? You can find The Drinking Hour with David Kermode on your usual podcast platform and at foodfmradio.com. Now it's back to Jenny and a slice of cheese.
3: Absolutely thrilled to have with me today David Gremmels cheesemaker and president of Rogue Creamery in America. Hello, David.
6: Hi, Jenny. And Thank you for asking me to join your show.
3: No, it's a real thought to have you on the show, David. And this week, we're sort of looking at the world of cheese competitions. And you seem sort of uniquely positioned because you're someone who makes cheese and enters competitions, but also you, you do a lot of cheese judging. So I was just really interested to get your thoughts. What do you... Tell me how how do you judge cheeses? What what are the things that you you look for when you when you taste cheeses?
6: Yeah, well, you know, um, I've judged at three competitions, and the standards are very high at each of the judging and competitions for cheese, and so it's first and foremost important to follow. The scoring details and standards of judging that each competition provides, and you know the competitions are um, such that they attract academics um, in in cheese science, uh, mm-hmm. dairy science, as well as um, professionals uh, in the dairy industry, including buyers and mongers and um and and media and uh so um i, I as a cheesemaker i bring a different perspective um and what i like to think about is we look at attributes and we look at faults in judging cheeses but a fault for in the eyes and the palate of a academic for the dairy science area may be an attribute. To achieve, (laughs) so yes, um, yeah. So it's it's a really different perspective. So um, and I've really been honored to judge AOP cheeses, um, Mm. which you know really have that significance of place uh, and are grounded in a protection of designation of their origin. So for the concourse uh, judging and competition in france and then of course um it's been wonderful uh to judge uh cheeses from around the world at the world uh cheese awards yeah I mean,
3: that's interesting isn't it? if you're presumably you must judge cheeses that you don't know in a way i mean because there's so many cheeses in the world aren't there is that is that right you know
6: i i seem to be aligned with categories which i love and i love all cheeses but mm. it's really exciting for me to judge um, those uh, soft-ripened cheeses that we know and love ah. and that are just so uh, full of, of flavor and Creamy dairy notes, uh, buttery and mushroomy flavors. Uh, sometimes a hint of grass and and cabbage. garlic. Those, <laughs> yeah, and cabbage. Right, right. So we love yeah. those. And of course, blue cheeses are another category that um, I enjoy judging. And, yeah. Uh, so um, in all styles and varieties, and uh, I've had one style and. Uh, AOC um, cheese that I, I really enjoy are Bleu de It's It's a cheese that, you know, it's not readily available in the U.S., so it's just like Wow, so refreshing, and I ah. love the tang that it's associated with that cheese as well. So, well, um, I wanted to ask you, David. I was curious: Do you what, what
3: role do you see these competitions playing in the world of cheese? Because you, you know, again, from your point of view as a cheesemaker, do you think they're a valuable thing for the cheese community?
6: They are absolutely valuable. Um, valuable to the maker, valuable to the buyer, and the consumer as well. So. Um, Judging in competitions raise awareness of cheeses, and those cheeses that are accoladed certainly come to the center of the stage and bring awareness to that style of cheese and the story of the creamery behind it, as well as the makers. And as a maker, um, and having submitted my cheeses to a number of competitions, I value the feedback I get from both the aesthetic and the technical judges that are judging. Mm. This allows me to really critically analyze my cheese, um, the cheese specifically made that day um, that I submitted. So I go back to my make records. And um, if there's um, critiques, uh, maybe it's acid or Maybe it's bitter. Who knows what it might be? I'll look at the pH and just think, well, how can I improve on that? And that allows me to what I call tweak the recipe a bit Mm -hmm. and then study that over the next six months to a year. So it's valuable information to a maker, but also to a consumer and to a buyer.
3: That's interesting, isn't it? because I've judged in various competitions, uh, as, because I'm a food writer and I've judged all chocolate wards and, and, you know, charcuterie. And there's a real, you know, I think people who judge take it very seriously and because they know that people's, you know, you can affect somebody's livelihood. You might make a discovery that could transform someone's business and really help them. And and again, always the emphasis on and marmalade as well. And there's a great emphasis on giving constructive feedback back. You know, rather than just saying oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, it's like what well, you know. What, what did you think? You know, where did you think it fell short on? You know, was it you know, i um, trying to yes, which I really I'm um, sort of see that. That's what you're saying in ways, isn't it? That that feedback is so valuable. Then
6: it's so valuable, so constructive, and the. Uh, feedback, whether negative or positive, is is something to really, I think, um, set a high bar and think about and think about the recipe and think about that make day and what was it that attributed to that Jesus? success or failure so yes
3: um, and david you had a wonderful sort of triumph which i do want you to talk about which is with with your cheese you know I, it must be your most famous cheese rogue river blue so you put that into the world cheese awards tell, tell me about that yes. tell me that story
6: <laughs> um, i created rogue river blue um over two decades ago it's a cheese that encapsulates the flavors of the place I live, the Rogue River Valley. Um, It represents the dairying, the fine milk from the region. It also represents um, pears and Syrah grapes that are pretty Mm. predominantly grown in the region as well. So um, it's an American original cheese and uh, it's it's so distinctively um, unique to the category of blue. Uh, There's no Blue like it. And uh, um, it was in 2019, October 18th. I'll never forget that day that I <laughs> got the call from Bergamo, Italy, uh, sharing that we were awarded um, grand champion cheese. Amazing. It, it truly is. And uh, I feel in that moment of time, the world Tilted on its rind, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put. Yes, I mean, yeah. fascinating because there you were, you know, a, a, you know, it was a competition being held in Europe. I mean, cheese, it is a world cheese awards, but you know, an American cheese winning that.
6: Yes, it, it, it truly one it validated for me this recipe that is so unique uh, to the blue category.
3: Tell us a bit more about how the cheese is made, because you talked about, you know, the pears and the grapes and the milk. So how are these all brought together in in one blue cheese? And what do you do with the cheese?
6: So I make the cheese starting on the autumnal equinox, September 22nd of each year, and finish making the cheese prior to the winter solstice or when the cows go in to our loafing barn for the winter months. The cheese is then naturally rinded in a series of man-made aging cakes. And when the cheese gains this beautiful, naturally occurring brevi bacterium on the exterior, it's kind of this golden, pinkish-red color that's really tacky. That's mm. when I'll wrap it with the Syrah grape leaves, which I picked the year prior, mm. and macerate those in pear liqueur uh, that wow. is created from the pears that are grown in our region as well. So you think about hand picking the Syrah grape leaves, which were biodynamic and organic, and then soaking those, macerating those in the pear liqueur that's also organic. And mm. then of course they are wrapping this beautiful five pound wheel, two kilo wheel of cheese for nearly um, six months before we release it. So all that flavor is in the paste of the cheese to experience. And the leaves are as delicious as the center of the paste of the cheese wheel so I recommend e- eating the entire wheel
3: <laughs> I've been lucky enough to try it and it is an extraordinary cheese yes it has got Um, I did eat the leaves and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's, very, it's very sort of heady and overwhelming it's quite amazing so your, your win there David what do you think that meant to the American sort of artisan cheese scene you know that must have been quite a moment for other cheesemakers quite inspiring I'm guessing for other cheesemakers in the States
6: it's certainly an Accolade that's shared amongst all American cheesemakers and also winemakers and small artisan producers of food in hmm. the United States as well. There's great pride shared. Uh, this uh, accolade really showcases the quality of American food production and uh, and fermented products. Um, so. Uh, it's with great pride that Rogue Creamery shares this award with artisan and craft producers and makers in the United States.
3: That's wonderful. David, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. That has been a, been a real pleasure having tasted your wonderful cheese. It's very very special to talk to you. Thank you David. Thank you.
0: Online on smart speakers and on listen again this is Food FM savour the crunch of peter's yard sourdough crackers available at waitrose
2: sainsbury's ocado amazon petersyard.com and specialist food retailers
3: this morning on a slice of cheese very happy to have with me today catherine mead of liner dairies in cornwall good morning catherine good morning jenny thank you so much for coming on this show catherine i I wanted you on the show in a way, as you know, as the cheesemakers' point of view, because we're looking at cheese competitions, and it's something that, obviously, you know, I'm sure you and other cheesemakers take part in. I wondered what your your feelings were about that process and why why you why you do take part in competitions.
7: I think there are two or three reasons for um, the, the the mark the importance of competitions. Um, the first is as a cheesemaker. It, your, one's product's always evolving. Uh, speak to any cheese maker and they'll tell you that there's always changes in their product, be it um, seasonally related, related to milk, um, related to recipe tweaks or, you know, just that, always that um, desire for continuous improvement. And to enter an awards is a very, very good way of testing that out in a very um, impartial and objective way. So that is a great way of doing some, if you like, product development research. The second reason for doing it is to bring awareness to your product because there is absolutely no doubt if the purchasers, our, our customers, um look at the gold medals after any after any award and look to see who's doing well and then mm. think about that cheese and potentially in a different light and the third reason I think is that it gives us an opportunity to um tell our wider consumers about the fantastic range of British cheeses and speciality cheeses and give a little bit of an introduction to um potentially a greater range that they may not may be aware of thus far. So you, you have these three, you know, it's good
3: for everyone. It's a win-win. Mm. Brilliant. Yes. Very appropriate for competition. Yes. yes. And you had a very exciting experience, didn't you? Tell us about the story of Cornish Kern. I think people, let me just set the context here. You're, you're very well known as producers of a wonderful cheese called Cornish Yarg, which is been around a a, you know a long time in the in the sort of modern British cheese world Um, but Kern was a was a newer cheese I gather tell me what happened with that
7: so we we've been making Cornish Yard since 1984 and as you rightly say we were one of the um earlier modern British cheeses Um, we were fairly early to market and Um, we found that as we were gaining um, following, we were struggling a little bit with a very accentuated um, seasonality in sales. So um, as you'll be aware, this year more than any other year, Cornwall Mm. enjoys a huge tourist season. And so we found that we had to gear up and be able to make um, a lot more cheese for the summer period, which really starts in May, um, and then all the way through to the end of the summer with a short break before then going into Christmas. So where most other, or cheesemakers in other parts of the country, have the same problem for Christmas, we had this problem Twice a year. And it can be very challenging um, because you're asking your team to make cheese at this um, enhanced level. Mm. But then the next problem is you say, well, we can only make um, that amount of cheese to meet our demand if we have more cheesemakers. But then we have a problem in the winter because we don't need as much cheese and our cheesemakers aren't. Um, aren't so busy and because um cheese making is such a a craft and takes so much training we felt that we were losing some really good investment um in good people mm. if we then had to say to them i'm terribly sorry but we don't have enough work for you in january february march april so we wanted to produce a long maturing cheese and this is a Something that happens particularly in the Jura with Conte and Vacherin, so mm-hmm. they they also they they do it because of the way they produce their milk. So um, you know the summer milk up on the up on the hills will produce the Conte, and the Vacherin will come out in the winter. But um, we were doing it to to balance our seasonality of sales. That was the original reason. And we wanted to make a hard cheese because we could make it in the same cheese vats as we use for Yarg. And we wanted to have a lovely long profile so that we could play with that profile and have um, a a medium, mature or vintage um, profile so that we could make more cheese in the early part of the year and then continue to market it for the rest of the year. So that was the initial thinking and then we found we struggled a little bit to find what we would call vat space in other words um, the demand for yarg in the past 10 years has just been stronger and stronger and stronger and so we were struggling a little bit to find enough time to make kern and make it very consistently Mm
6: -hmm. Um,
7: so we were making these very very small amounts because we were absolutely determined that the project would continue and we then entered the british cheese awards in 2015 and we won best english cheese and we were you know that was very very exciting because that is that real classic peer review of a new car
3: yes uh, how rewarding
7: yeah wonderful never a better time that is such a such a big deal and then, so we made a bit more with a, you know, a bit more confidence. We decided to make a little bit more. And in twenty seventeen, we entered the World Cheese Awards. Now, the World Cheese Awards is is um, huge. You've got three and a half thousand cheeses from thirty five countries with 38 judges, uh, 38 uh, judges from 38 countries, 400 Mm. judges. And it goes through four or three, four, potentially four levels of judging. So it's really heavily scrutinized. And again, we thought well, we we will enter and we'll see, you know, see how it does. So to get a Super Gold is extraordinary. You know, there are 72 Super Golds, there are 3,500 cheeses. That's amazing. Then to get down to the final sixteen is, you know, you are getting really, really overexcited at this point. And then to be in that place where you are, your cheese is judged to be better than the Parmesans, the Griers, the Emmentals, the Contes, the the Stiltons, the Cheddars, which you know you know just as well as I do are some of which are absolutely fantastic. Mm. is a very, very, um, it's very overwhelming. It it was a very overwhelming experience. We we, all of us felt, goodness gracious, how on
3: earth did we do that? (laughs) It's actually making me tingle just hearing you say that. Yeah, Supreme Champion at the World Cheese Awards. That was pretty... Yeah, yeah, what an incredible
7: thing. It really was. Do you know, I have this sort of little bit of a deja vu when I see people winning golds in the Olympics at the moment. And it's <laughs> immense, you know, this immense swelling up of pride that you get for that that moment in time. Mm. And um, But then we'd set ourselves the most terrible challenge because we only had a ton. We uh-huh. hadn't made any more we hadn't made because we'd been... Sp- struggling as i said earlier struggling is a maybe sounds like a tough word but we hadn't found the the vat space yeah and so now we're trying to spread a ton of cheese around i cannot tell you how many customers i mean the phone (laughs) just did not stop ringing at all it was just constant and then the downside to all of to this story is that um it takes two years to
3: mature i was gonna ask how long it's matured for wow so that is a massive isn't that interesting yeah so you've so you, but you have put it on the stage and if it's so now and that was 2017 it was crown supreme champion yeah so is, have you managed to find a way now of sort of balancing the production of that and the yard you know getting them alongside working together
7: we had um and then and then we had the issues of covid and yeah COVID gave us just this incredible volatility Um, and, and like so many other businesses, you know, we, we, for the first six months or so, we just didn't really know if we were coming or going and, Mm. and we had too many periods in the last 18 months where we were going to sort of very low sales to stratospherically high sales. And, um, so again, we, we struggled a bit with the VAT space and we are going to have a period, sadly, where we will run out uh, for a short period of time. But we've been working again and being um, very determined in our efforts to, to put more Kern into the mix. And I think, Jenny, in the, in, in the way we're looking at it at the moment, we will potentially never make as much Kern as we make Yarg. Um, it will always occupy this sort of slightly more niche and special mm. space, and we make it exclusively of the milk of our own cows, so that to some degree will limit how many tons we'll make. Um, we've got plenty of milk at the moment for making it, but you know that will that will be a constraint. But I'm quite happy for it to sit in that space. I'm quite happy for it to be in that place where it's not. Um, it it doesn't play second fiddle to yarg um by any manner of means but it just occupies this real sort of niche and special place and and part of that is to do with the two-year maturing and at the moment we've been trying very hard to pull our maturing time forward a bit because as you can imagine it's a little bit eye watering hanging on (laughs) yes knowing you can't release anything for two years um but um you know, maybe as I get a little bit more accustomed to that and get into more of a rhythm of that, it will feel less dramatic. But to date, it felt pretty. It's pretty still two years, isn't it? Oh, yes,
3: yes. yes. not interesting? But I mean, the wonderful thing is, you know, this that plaudit and of, you know, which is a fantastic thing and a fast, fantastic achievement. Thank you, Catherine, for those insights into actually the sort of the practical realities and the difficulties of cheesemaking especially in a time of pandemic uncertainty. Wonderful. Thank you, Catherine, for coming on the show. It was great to hear from you. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Take care. Bye-bye. And you too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.
0: To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.
3: Thank you so much for listening to A Slice of Cheese. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, it would be lovely if you could rate us on wherever you've found this podcast. It would make such a difference to us. So I hope you'll enjoy us again. Thank you very much.